Alive and Kicking on News Talk with Benelin Day and Night Tablets. 24 hour cold and flu relief. Always read the label. Ask your pharmacist for advice. Yes, you can email the show aliveandkicking at newstalk.com or find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Claire's Lair. Coming up this morning, performance nutritionist Daniel Davey on keeping your 2022 plans balanced. Dietitian Orla Walsh on the real things to keep in mind when you want to be truly healthy. And Miriam Hussey on the importance of self-compassion. So yeah, this show is almost a contradiction in itself. It's like, I don't want to talk about New Year's resolutions, but I am talking about New Year's resolution because, look, I get it. I feel the same. It's a new year. It does feel like the perfect time to kick off a new plan, let go of things no longer serving you, turn over a new leaf, start back all the habits that you may have let fall by the wayside, particularly over the festive season. And that's all good, but... When it comes with self-loathing and restrictive behaviours that I feel are just way too negative in the months when life is tough, there's not as much to look forward to in January, it's cold and the money stocks probably need to be replenished. And guess what? Restrictive behaviours, over-exercise, not prioritising rest and inviting stress in actually does the very opposite of what it is you're trying to achieve. So look... Let me leave it to the experts to explain. Oh, and Happy New Year to you all. You can email the show aliveandkicking at newstalk.com. Now, Daniel Davey is a performance nutritionist who works with the Leinster rugby team and Dublin GAA players. He's author of Eat Up, Raise Your Game, a cookbook packed with recipes that remind you it's not just okay for you to eat hearty, easy to cook meals, but it's actually imperative to your health, your strength and your ability to recover. He is on the line now. Hello, Daniel. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for asking, Claire. Daniel, what are your thoughts around New Year's resolution and New Year, New You and and all that kind of thing? Well, I suppose from a personal point of view, uh, it's it's not something that I've bought into hugely uh, over the course of my life, simply because... You know, you can start changing habits at, at any point. And if you think about what people will go through over the course of December, it's pretty hectic. You know, sleep schedules and routines and good habits go out the window and they're replaced by indulgence, late nights and uh, inconsistencies in routine. And and I think that that's important, too. Don't don't get me wrong. We all need to enjoy uh, the some of the, the, the bleakest winter winter days. Um, but if you think about trying to turn all of that around and how much people take on in January, it, for most people, it's just totally unrealistic, the kind of goals that they set. And it's funny you say the word bleak, because I, I always think that because we go from the summer, then there's a bit of a celebration around Halloween, certainly if you've got kids in the house. Then it's kind of full on for Christmas from then on. There's fairy lights everywhere. I know we've restrictions and stuff now, but it's pretty much social occasions and meeting up. And as you say, it's overindulgence. Cut to January, the decorations come down. There's not much money left in the bank account. It's freezing cold. So I don't know if now's the time to start being super restrictive on yourself, but it might be time to start thinking about nourishing yourself and and talking about it in a more positive way. I couldn't agree more. And uh, it's really interesting. I, I, as time goes by, may, maybe it's a maybe maybe it's just a part of getting a little bit older and your maturity changes. But 
it's it's definitely something we are talking as a society much more about and we're beginning to understand what it means to invest in our health and invest in our wellness and our mindset and i think there's more science that's coming out now to kind of back up those principles and the you know the management of of stress like the true management of stress and those stress responses and how we build that kind of sustainable habits and the sustainable ways that we can keep ourselves in a good place. And I think it's really important to try and have some just principles that we live our lives by, even through the festive period. And if we do that, then there's absolutely no reason why in January you can't commit to one or two more things that you want to be consistent about. So how would you suggest approaching it? What should we have in our mind? Because I know it's 2nd of January now. So some people have got fed up with eating out, fed up with overindulgence. Some people are even done with drinking. Now, that doesn't mean it all has to come to an end fully. But what are the pillars of good nutrition? What should you have in your mind going forward? Well, the first thing is that it's not just nutrition, and that's absolutely fundamental. So I'm very fortunate to have worked in elite sport for 10 years. And in that time period, you get exposed to the pillars of performance, which are the same as the pillars of health. So that is mental health. That is physical movement. It's nutrition and it's sleep. You know, those and stress management obviously comes in under mental health as well. So unless you establish really good foundations under each one of those pillars, it's impossible to be consistent with your nutrition if you're not getting adequate sleep. It's impossible to be consistent with your exercise or performing at your best if you're not getting your nutrition and your sleep and your exercise right. So, so there's a lot of different things to understand. Everything is connected. We're connected day to day the decisions we make are influenced by the type of day we have the relationships that we have with people our you know our job so there's multiple things that are involved so when you say where do you start it's absolutely essential that you sit down and you prioritize the key things that you need to address so it's not about following a strict nutrition plan it's not about deciding, well, that's it now, I'm going to get nine hours sleep going forward. It's not that you're going to take on a, a, a really intense exercise regime. You have to prioritize, where will I make the greatest progress now? And that might be in the way that you manage your life. And and it has to begin with writing some things down on paper. I mean, that that's where it has to start. So what really isn't working and how does that make me feel? and begin to start to change very small things about the way that you live your life and start to really notice and grow awareness about how that makes you feel. So it's a very simple process, but it's incredibly effective. And the mindset is so important, isn't it? Quite often people will come to a new year or a new start or a resolution and it's all very negative. It's I've put on loads of weight over Christmas. I feel horrible about myself. I'm going to cut out everything. And that's just not a good headspace for you to be in. Whereas if people started really small and said, I'm going to make sure I get a good night's sleep. So I'm going to start winding down a little bit earlier. I'm going to try and cook one meal from scratch a week. I'm going to try and 
increase my water and just doing one of those for a number of weeks and, and embedding them in. That feels a lot more doable and it feels a lot more positive. So it's easier to get on board with and have success with. Yeah. And it's funny. It just it works against our mindset. You know, we, we want we, we're just built this way. We, we it's very difficult to accept that change takes time. We, we want everybody. There's, no, there's very few people who wouldn't want very quick results. But it's just critical to understand where you're at. If you've behaved and lived your life a certain way up to this point, you're not going to turn it around on, on, on its head. You're setting yourself up for an even worse fail. And what I would always say is try and to try and sit down and create the values or principles or, you know, there's, there's all the different names around them, whether it be non-negotiables and what you're going to do. And if you establish good practice, just establish what that looks like for you, then you can build on it. But you, you have to, you have to take that time, that, that time to really reflect and connect with what that means for you. And food doesn't have to be restricted either. Myself and yourself worked together, God, it's nearly two and a half, three years ago now. And when I really looked at nutrition properly and fueling my body correctly, there was actually plenty of food there, whereas we're kind of taught eat less, move more, everything's going to be fine. So people start clearing out their treat cupboards and eating a salad and, and then they're hungry and the whole thing just doesn't really come together i mean you can you can eat well and be healthy oh there's no question you can eat well and, and be healthy and you know what um i might actually put this back on you again and, and uh, not to test you but <laughs> i mean wh- where did we talk about what the emphasis was you know in, in terms of because this was really important and i think it's such an important message and maybe if it comes from you rather than me i think that that can it can really land with people. Um, well, I uh, was always conscious of having protein, fat and carbohydrate in every meal that I had. And that sounds like it's quite sciencey. It's not really. It's quite easy. Um, and you just get so used to it. The protein helps you to feel fuller for longer. And it doesn't matter if you're looking for non-meat there's there's plenty of non-meat options out there for for vegetarians um and that fat was really important that it was so important to include fats in your diet because again that's another message we get fat is bad low fat everything that's what you need and actually once you start including fats in your diet you start to feel much better i always think back to a chat that we had where i had kind of forgotten that rule protein, fats mm. and carbohydrate in every meal. Yeah. And I had gone into a, a place for lunch and I had picked a salad that was essentially vegetables and leaves. And I was starving coming to dinner later on that night. And it was the next day I had very little energy and I didn't really want to work out. Whereas when you fuel your body like that with three simple, normal meals, now I never weighed anything. I never fretted over anything. Um, You feel much better in yourself. You sleep better you have more energy to go for that walk or do that training session and it all sort of comes in. So when you start to feel all the cogs working together, you start to feel the benefits together. 
Yeah, okay. So that's absolutely superb. And and I know I put you on the spot there, but mm, it, it just did. shows I know, I know, <laughs> but it's 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 very powerful when you, you know, when you break that answer down, what what you're doing there is you're applying some very very consistent but simple uh, and practical nutrition uh, structures or principles. So you've got you've got a balanced meal there and that is exactly what you're achieving you're you're achieving satiety which is the you know the management of your appetite stable blood sugar but you're also putting a structure on it you mentioned the frequency of those meals it might be three it might be four and then what you did was you connected to how that made you feel so that is such an important part of it if you don't identify with how the whole thing is making you feel it's very difficult to maintain that that kind of consistency so one of the biggest parts of our conversations a conversation was about how does this whole thing feel over the course of time and to really really understand how much this is impacting you outside of just the physical you know and outside of just how we often represent food. Food is very often associated with how it makes us look and our body composition, whether these these profound changes happening, you know, deep inside us about about energy consistency and all of these kind of, I don't even need to get into the the physiological changes, but just the stability of blood sugar and, and our overall mental health and stability. And it's a switch in the mind as well, like you say, because you're not hopping on the scales every two minutes to see if you've lost weight and you're not coming from that mindset, it opens up a door of a positive attitude towards your food and what you're eating. Now, I didn't become a, a robot that was just fueling themselves. I loved all, my, all of my food and every meal. And it was just so nice to think that all food was open to me, that there was no restriction. And I still managed to make all those achievements but as you say it was about how I felt was the main thing and I think that's the message I really wanted to get out to people as we go into a new year is not to start beating yourself over the back and that's why I wanted to ask you to come back on and and, and reframe that what do you think about the effects of the pandemic in the last couple of years on people's motivation I know it sent mine skew ways because we haven't had that go 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 mentality a lot or because I suppose it's been cluttered between homeschooling and whatever else. We don't have that same routine in place. Have you have you noticed that with other clients you've worked with? Uh, just to say one thing that I feel is really important and, and to, to, to put the spotlight on, and that is you're still talking about those principles, as you said, two and a half years later. That is what we're talking about. Sustainable practices that you can very quickly go back to, even if you go through a difficult time. And that's so, so, so important. We're not talking about specific macronutrients and calorie deficits and how we monitor those things. Those things were at the tip of your tongue. And that's so important. So I suppose moving on to what, you know, I I, I think that um, this has been, as everybody knows, such a difficult time such a such a challenging time and what i've seen i've seen phases you know i've seen phases of where people have been much more mobile getting out exercising we've all seen all of the 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 cooking that has happened on on social media online and then 
what happened was there was much greater access to things like seminars and exercise classes online. So I, I think that every single person is in a very different situation, dependent on their family, dependent on their work situation. And I think it just, it turned the whole thing upside down. And it has been very positive uh, for some people. And then it's been very challenging for others. But it, I think... The big thing for me is that when you have certain things that you can go back to, certain habits, routines, techniques of of drilling into, okay, well, how am I going to adjust my life to manage where I'm at right now? And I suppose, what are those things that that, that keep us in a, in a positive place, whether it be conversation, whether it be music, whether it be movement, the walk, the walk with the dog, whatever it might be. And when we know what those are, we can begin to look at our week and, and, and it's as simple sometimes as just taking out your calendar or your diary and doing that at the beginning of the week. What am I going to do better this week? Yeah, and I think people just feel it's not that simple and and it's not simple. It takes time, it takes thought, but it doesn't have to be as complicated as sometimes we make it. For more, you can go to davynutrition.com and also on social media, Daniel gives lots of recipes, lots of advice. So go easy on yourselves. Go slow. Daniel Davy, thank you very much. I wish you a fantastic 2022. Thanks, Claire. Coming up after the break, dietitian Orla Walsh on why you should avoid crash diets at all costs. Alive and kicking on News Talk with Benelin Day and Night Tablets. 24 hour cold and flu relief. Always read the label. Ask your pharmacist for advice. Now, no matter what I say in this show about how you shouldn't be restrictive and you shouldn't beat yourself over the back, people are going to be feeling this way on the tail end of Christmas. So I wanted to invite in the no-nonsense master of all that is food and nutrition, Orla Walsh. Orla, you're very welcome to Alive and Kicking. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I'm better since I've been called a master. You are. You absolutely are. And you take no prisoners. You call out so much of what's bandied around on on social media. And I think your information is always really easy to follow. So I really wanted to give people a little bit of grounding into food and nutrition and what they should have in the centre of their mind rather than, oh, my God, I've put on weight. Let's just clear out all the kitchen cupboards and stop eating for a while. So my first question to you is, how much does it really matter health-wise if over the last couple of weeks with Christmas and everything, we've overindulged, we've gotten out of our routines, we've got lazy and God forbid we've put on a bit of weight? What what sort of real life impact is that going to have if we kind of get back to a bit of normality now over the next few weeks? Well, I guess um, the problem with maybe eating to excess is that your energy levels might suffer from that. Um, we maybe feel a bit bloated. Uh, our digestive system might be a little bit clogged from less fibre. Um, we might not be sleeping as well. We might have a bit more reflux. So on a day-to-day basis, we'd be feeling a bit blah. We've been feeling um, not quite as sprightly as we want to be. We'd be feeling older than we actually are. And, you know, in terms of a few weeks in a, a lifetime of years of, of living, you know, it's not that big of a deal. I guess what we need to do is go, OK, well, I just want to be feeling better. You know, my body is certainly designed to feel better than I currently am. So what can I do to 
to feel more like myself and feel younger as well, because there's nothing worse than feeling older than your age. No, and you're so right about the energy levels, because that is what impacts so much on our mood during the day, on our motivation to get anything done from doing things with our kids, from our work to taking exercise and then in turn impacts on our sleep. And then the whole cycle goes round and round again. And something I've learned over the years, and I'm so sad I came to it so late in life, is that you have to be eating well to have those energy levels to impact your motivation and then your sleep. Oh, absolutely. It's all so interconnected. And I suppose it's about maximizing the available energy to you at the moment, because some people will be listening, saying, oh, it's all, all well and good to say I need to sleep more, but like I have a child who's not sleeping or whatever the case may be. So it's about optimizing the energy that you have available and holding on to it. So, you know, you don't want glimpses of good energy throughout the day. You want to actually get the optimum energy at the moment that is available to you and hold on to it and avoid slumps. So peaks and troughs are, are, are less desirable. So there's loads of things, you know, obviously hydration is one of the key things and it's so boring. People get so fed up of hearing me talk about it, but really even 2% dehydration, dehydration will affect your speed and accuracy of thought. We'll feel sluggish nearly immediately and our gut will too. So I'd encourage people to watch their weight. Um, so you want pale urine, you want to be peeing, you know, every few hours and you want your really good flow when you do go. So and uh, no whittly wheeze. You want really good, powerful wee. So really focus on hydration. Most of us need around two litres, two and a half. And yes, tea and coffee does count, which is a good news. And um, milk tends to be a bit more hydrating than water even. So anything fluids that you can suck up through a straw counts towards your fluid intake. I'd encourage people as well to kind of go, okay, well, I want, you know, uh, three meals a day and to avoid long gaps between meals. And we know that lots of people in Ireland actually skip breakfast. And I know people are fed up of hearing it's the most important meal of the day. But it does break the fast. And we know that um, when people have a, a, a really good breakfast, they're, um, you know, more more inclined to live life in a smaller body. They're more inclined to have, a, um, you know, smaller waist. Um, but more important things such as, uh, hunger levels are much more controlled and they feel more satiated as the day goes on. And even interestingly enough, when you have a decent breakfast, our, how our body metabolizes lunch is different. So if you have a breakfast, your, your body will metabolize lunch better and your blood sugar levels will be a bit more controlled after lunch. So there's lots of reasons we need a good breakfast. But what good breakfast also helps us do is, um, I suppose make the healthier choice more often as the day goes on. So we know that, again, when people have a good breakfast, uh, uh, nighttime snacking is reduced. So what I mean about a good breakfast is high protein, high fiber. So there's two things you want to focus in on a bit more at breakfast time and maybe even starting the day savory. So that you're, because some people, and it's not for everyone, but some people when they have a sweet tasting breakfast, they tend to chase sweets for the rest of the day. So if you have a savory breakfast, you might be more inclined to make savoury choices as the day goes on. So what kind of foods are you suggesting? What are high fibre foods and what are protein foods you suggest at breakfast? Well, it can be anything. Like the likes of, you know, Greek yogurt, skier, quark, they're all really high protein kind of yogurty um, options that you can have with the likes of fruit and, and muesli perhaps um, and nuts and seeds and things. 
Um, but then the savoury options, like the likes of eggs or, or beans, or you can get all sorts now in the shops. Like I saw turkey and chicken rashers the other day, which really, you know, are a lower salt alternative to the, the common rasher. So there's lots of options, really. So it just depends what the person likes to eat. But I would encourage people to vary it up as well um, as much as possible. Um, you know, and uh, because really there's no problem with having the same breakfast every day, but... Um, you know, every food is a superfood and it has loads of super ingredients and nutrition uh, to offer us. So if we vary our foods, we vary our nutrition. Yeah, but just thinking from a digestion point of view rather than a weight loss point of view, you're talking protein makes you feel fuller longer, fibre aids your digestion. So again, you're thinking of foods that are going to nourish your body and maximise your energy levels. What about yeah. all the counter advice to that on social media? And like, I can feel your hackles rising already because you didn't ah. you didn't do all that study just to let somebody on Instagram start telling people how to eat. But I think it's important to put it out there because intermittent fasting has to be one of the buzzwords of 2021. And one of the guests I had on, Jonathan Woolrich, um, who's really anti-diet culture, he calls it um, privileged fasting. Um, and thinks it's just so ridiculous. Um, How do you feel about it? Because I think people are like, no, I'm tuning into my body. And if I'm not hungry when I wake up, I won't bother to eat and then I'll eat it too. And that's kind of working for me. Is there room for that, that people are tuning into themselves? Um, Well, the thing about intermittent fasting is that there is science behind it. There is research behind it. And it, it does tend to do more things other than, you know, restrict when people eat. Um, and, and restrict calorie intake. But that said, a lot of the studies that came out in 2020 and 2019 really highlighted the amount of muscle loss that you get with intermittent fasting. And that's something that anyone over 30 needs to be careful of, and certainly over 60. So, you know, in some age groups, it's just simply not appropriate. But the thing is, the research is also quite clear when you're doing the fasting window, you know, research would prefer you to the fasting window in the morning and stop eating early evening. But of course, everyone has interpreted it and go, no, I'll just skip breakfast and start at lunch and you know, have a late dinner. And that's not what the research is backing. The research is kind of saying, OK, have breakfast, have lunch, have an early dinner and then stop. But the problem with intermittent fasting is that it's just not appropriate for lots of people. It's not appropriate for people with osteopenia, osteoporosis disordered eating, uh, older people because of the muscle loss. Um, you know, there's, there's groups that it just isn't appropriate for, but there's subsets of people that it is. I suppose what bothers me about the nutritional stuff on social media, and I spend my time on Instagram, you know, debunking myths, is simply that nutrition isn't a, an opinion, it's a science. And there's lots of people spouting opinion on something when it's a science, and it, it, it drives me wild. And it's really confusing then for people to know what's true and what's not. And I suppose if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Um, it being the 2nd of January and it's Monday tomorrow, people are going to want to begin something, I'd imagine, because I know we've been a bit restricted over this Christmas, but there comes a time when you've gone out for dinner so many times and you've had breakfast uh, or you've had a starter main course and dessert and all that kind of stuff that sometimes your body, even at the end of a holiday, sometimes says, OK, enough, enough. I, I need to get back to some sort of semblance. So going into this week, what's your advice as well as getting in a good breakfast and hydration? Would you have one tip you'd give to people going forward if they want to bring something 
into their life rather than cutting it out? Um, what I would suggest is more fruit and veg. So the average portions are the average serving of fruit and veg today are like just under three portions. So we need seven. And we know that if we eat more fruit and veg, we'll be healthier, we'll be more nourished, we'll uh, probably uh, live life in a smaller body. We will get more vitamins and minerals in, we'll be more satiated because of how filling they are. We'll just be better off. So I would say make sure that half of every meal is fruit and veg and you will feel dramatically better very soon. Um, and and just one little bit is just please ignore the nonsense. Please ignore the restrictive diets. It's really bad for your metabolism. It's bad for your body. And juice drinks are a load of nonsense. So they should be illegal as far as I'm concerned. So please ignore those nonsense juice drinks. What are nonsense juice drinks? Like any fruit no. juice is not the same as eating it whole? Is that what you mean? Or no. more like diet shakes? More that like... People have to only drink juice all day for like three to five days and, the you know, in a bit to detoxify their body and that's a load of nonsense. You know, your liver is very good at detoxifying your body. You don't need to help it out. So it's those drinks, you know, those juice diets where people only survive on drinks um, for a few days. They're, they're utter nonsense. They're really, really bad for people's health. Yeah, and look, if you want the proof, go on to her social media, go on to her website, her skin glows and she eats food. Guess what? Go to Orla Walsh Nutrition.ie Dietitian Orla Walsh. Thank you so, so much as always. Thanks, Millie. Coming up after the break, integrative health and wellness coach Miriam Hussey on why self-compassion should be top of the list for your 2022 plans. Alive and kicking on News Talk with Benelin Day and Night Tablets. 24-hour cold and flu relief. Always read the label. Ask your pharmacist for advice. You're welcome back. Miriam Hussey started out as a pharmacist, but after years of seeing people return for repeat prescriptions for the same illness over and over again, it led her to retrain as an integrative health and wellness coach, taking a more holistic view of our wellness. With her husband, Jerry, they run Soul Space, a wellness community who moved mainly online in 2021 and there are many great plans for the year ahead. Miriam joins me on the line now. Hello, Miriam. How are you? Hi, Claire. I'm very well. How are you? I'm good. Thank you very much. How do you view a new year? Do you see it as a a chance to start afresh on anything or get a new energy going? How do you feel about it? Yeah, I think, you know, we, we often hear the phrase new year, new me. And uh, and while that can be inspiring and, and motivating for, for many of us, and it can be, it can have that kind of instigator or it can ignite us to go after our dreams or start something new or you know set a new goal but I think it's really important to remember that every single day is a chance to start afresh and we don't have to wait for these macro moments so a new year to become a new person and we don't have to wait for you know the the big things in our lives to define us I think if we can put more I suppose precious time energy and presence into the micro moments. So these are the things that we're doing every single day that can truly nourish us, that can bring us joy, that can bring us contentment, that can bring us inner ease. These are the things really that nourish us day to day. And the more that we do that on a daily basis, knowing that every day is a new opportunity, every day is a new day to start afresh. I mean, I I wake up with an affirmation and it's something I, I got from Louise Hay years and years ago. And it just helps me every day so I just say before I get out of bed today is a new day 
a new day I have never been blessed with before, a day that offers me infinite opportunities and blessings. So it just helps me to start afresh every day. And I think I think it's really important, Claire, that we we don't start to strive to become somebody new. I think the biggest thing, if we can do anything for ourselves, for our sense of worthiness, value, our sense of self, is actually stripping away all of the things that we're maybe striving towards and actually just unraveling the essence of who you are, your authentic self and becoming real, becoming home to yourself, finding your own sense of self rather than having to strive and go and, you know, get things in order to feel valuable. And as you say, trying to find a happiness and a contentment now rather than when I do this and when I do that. And then you're striving and you're missing all the magic that's around us every day. And you're right, in the new year, people tend to focus on what they're going to give up that they're going to start going to the gym and they're going to start, you know, cutting out all of this kind of food, which is why I had Orla Walsh and, and Daniel Davey on before you, just to give people that practical expert advice that restriction is not necessary and beating yourself over the back isn't going to help you. It's going to make things really, really difficult for you when ultimately what you're trying to do is, is get more healthy. And I think, people could change their mindset a little bit to trying to take things on small healthy habits and we don't hear that message enough because I think when people hear about affirmations or guidance cards they're like oh that's all a bit woo woo but actually you're starting the day on a positive and what people don't realize is if you're not starting on a positive chances are you're starting on a negative. Yeah absolutely Claire and you know I think when when you said about affirmations and guidance cards and people go oh that's a bit woo woo that's not for me Uh, and that's absolutely fair you know everyone can have their own um perception on things but I think unless you actually try something and try it for you know a hundred days and until you see and experience the shift and change it can have it's really really powerful and I think you know what you said there about we can we all understand how we can be restrictive maybe in our food and we can you know, be restrictive in, in our, in the way our exercise and different things in our lives. But are we aware of how restrictive you are in your thoughts and how limited perhaps you may be in your mindset? Because uh, just because we can't see our thoughts and we can't f- see our, our, our feelings, they absolutely exist. And the power that they have on our biology and our chemistry and the physiology within the body is absolutely huge. So I've done a lot of work on the mind-body connection and the power of our words. And if you said starting your day in a positive day away, and I'm not all for, you know, oh, good vibes only and positivity only, because that's not real life. Real life, if you're a human being and we're here on this planet, we are up and down and ins and out. And that is the ebb and flow of life. We have good days. We have not so good days. That is the reality. But if we can give ourselves 1% of our morning, so setting up a little morning routine, which is only 15 minutes in your day, You can give the 99% away to everybody else, but can you give yourself 15 minutes, which is only 1%, to kickstart your day on a more positive note? This isn't to say you're going to be swinging from the rafters and everything's going to be rosy all day, but what it will give you, it will give you uh, resilience, it will give you a sense of strength that even if, you know, things are challenging in the day ahead, you can respond and react from a more centered, grounded space. 
So you're not getting as reactive. You're not flying off the handle. You're not getting as stressed as you might be. You're literally, it's like you're charging up your phone. So we all know we need to charge our phone. We need to plug in our laptop for it to function properly. We know that if we don't plug it in, it doesn't light up and it doesn't work. So are you plugging yourself in every day? How are you charging your own sense of self? How are you charging your battery? How are you syncing up? I, I like to call it syncing up to source. And this can be done in many ways, but affirmations, which are words or sentences that we use. And people might you know, understand or believe in affirmations, but every single sentence you say in itself is an affirmation because it's telling yourself something. So we're communicating, we are in relationship with ourself every single day. And whether we know that or not, or every single cell in your body is listening and is feeling, and it is responding to the vibrational frequency or the energy from our thoughts. And and there's so much science out there now on this, but the more loving, kind, compassionate things we say to ourselves is the more ease, flow and grace that we will have in our biology. If you want to think about it like that. I totally agree with you. And I think there's stories we tell ourselves about the kind of person that we are, that this is not for me or I'm not someone who exercises. I'm not someone who has time for that. Something I would have said for years was I'm not a morning person. Like it was a nickname of mine with my my family that uh, Sun Don't Shine in the Morning was given to me because we went to see Dances with Wolves. It was a Kevin Costner movie and everybody had an Indian name and that was mine because obviously going to school, I wasn't as, as chirpy as normal. And I would have constantly carried that around that I wasn't a morning person. And now something that I took on over the last year that's really helped me before the kids get up and the school one begins and the busy day arrives, I get up an hour before them and I make a hot drink and I light a candle and I might stick a meditation on Spotify or I might just stick some calming music. And it's really hard sometimes not to pick up my phone and check who WhatsApp me last night or see what I have on for the day ahead. But even if I get 10, 15 minutes that's my time. And I would never have thought it would be so impactful until I saw how the rest of the day went because I had mm-hmm. kind of felt like I'd had that time to myself. I was in better form. We started getting to school earlier. It just starts on a positive and the momentum builds on. And I felt like I had that time. So I wasn't constantly striving for it. So like you say, it's going to be different mm-hmm. for everyone. But sometimes the things we think won't work for us actually do and, and and we all are entitled to, to change our mind and, and change who we are absolutely Claire and you know it's so lovely to hear you say that and I think you know the biggest gift that we can give ourselves entering into a new year and the biggest gift that you can give your loved ones is when you start to care and nurture and mind yourself and know that it's not a selfish thing you know I often say self-care is not a delicacy it's a necessity and the very essence of, you know, taking a few minutes in the morning before the world starts is actually really, really powerful because you're still in that kind of you're moving from, you know, um, that kind of conscious, unconscious to conscious from your sleep to your wake. And in that is a very, very powerful time to actually set intentions and to manifest things. And it's also the time where, you know, people will say to me, oh, Mariam, I can't do meditation or I can't I don't like silence or, you know. And I would say yes, because it brings up the most noise because we're used to being in a very noisy world, radios on, different things, music playing. And we're maybe then it's we're getting plugged into other people's voices, uh, opinions and agendas, all of the other people's 
you know, world and it's pulling us away. Even on Instagram, you're scrolling, you're looking at everyone else's life and it's pulling us away from our own heart and soul and our own lives. So if you can actually just put the phone away and give yourself, even if it's just five minutes in the morning and just feel, scan the body. How am I feeling today? You know, what's coming up for me? Uh, you know, what am I feeling physically in my body? What am I feeling emotionally? You know, and then what do I need to do today to try and release that? Or what do I need to do today to try and nourish that? You know, a lot of people, if they wake up with anxiety, it's it's a heightened energy, perhaps, that hasn't been moved out of the body or shifted or released. And, you know, I would say to people, I often use a cold C-O-D-E calendar of daily events. And it's really just I ask myself in the morning, what is one thing that I could do today that would help me nourish my mind? What's one thing I could do that would help me nourish my soul? What's one thing I can do that could help me nourish my body? And that can be anything from I'll just have my warm water and lemon in the morning. It can be I'll, I'll you know, what will nourish my soul? Maybe I'll give my mom a ring and have a chat or something that, you know, will, will make me feel loved. And then what one thing for my mind might be, you know, I'll just do my deep breathing or I'll get out in nature to try and clear it. Or maybe I'll journal or even just starting your day with gratitude, Claire, is incredible because floods the body with oxytocin which is that you know snuggle bliss love hormone where you feel safe and connected and stable and even just before you get out of bed close the eyes take a few deep breaths and just think of something that you're grateful for in that moment the more you do that is the more you see things throughout the day that you feel blessed and grateful for and I think Claire as well you said something really powerful that when you do that in your day you notice how it ripples out to the rest of your day and I would just say to everybody Regardless of whether we know it or not, we can't see energy, but we can all feel it. And we are all energy beings. So ask yourself, you know, maybe reflect back over the last 12 months. What is the energy I have been living in? So when I walk into the room, when I walk into the office, when I walk into my kitchen, what energy do I carry with me? You know, am I like a Tasmanian devil running around, sugar, coffee, da, 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 million tabs open, mind busy, da, 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 da. Or am I calm? Am I more grounded? Am I more centered? Or has my energy been a bit angry or, you know, a bit, you know, blamey or victimy maybe? So just ask yourself, what has your energy been like? And if that you're happy with that, wonderful, keep that up. But if it's something that you'd like to maybe shift or change that, well, then what are the little things that you can implement that would do that? Because we all carry an energy and it doesn't, it not only affects our sense of self and mood, but it can infect uh, those around us because we all feel energy. You know, if you've walked into a room and, you know, you may not have seen that people fight, but you can, you can feel the tension. You could cut it with a knife. So I would just ask people, maybe that's your intention for the years. What is the energy I would like to live in this year? Can I be more joyful? Can I be more calm? How can I be more peaceful throughout my day? And then the little things that you can put in place might be things like, I'm going to start my day with gratitude, with some deep breaths. I'm going to unplug from my phone more. I'm going to maybe, you know, not put on things that are not serving me. I'm going to maybe just try, maybe cut down on one cup of tea or coffee. So maybe the caffeine isn't driving my nervous system or my adrenaline, making me more agitated and frustrated. Maybe I'm going to try just get to bed 10 minutes earlier each night. So these are tiny things that don't cost anything, that don't take up much time. But don't, when done regularly, really can have a huge impact on rebalancing the nervous system and therefore helping your mind as well as your body. Oh, it's so great to hear you say that because I think people will hear that and go, God, well, that all sounds quite nice and quite doable as opposed to the 
clearing out every cupboard, getting up at 5 a.m. to run 20 miles every day, you know, which is going to take time. And that's not to say those things might not impact you as well, but they come from it from a different energy. And we can get stuck in certain habits. You know, you're walking around the house and you're spending your time noticing what's wrong with it, where there's mess, where somebody didn't do something but you can change the momentum and build it elsewhere. If you're looking out for what's right or what somebody did do, all of a sudden you're changing your language and you say changing your energy. I couldn't have you on without asking you about your 2021. Yourself and Jerry with Soul Space had an incredible year. Now, look, as you say, it's ups and downs for everybody and you don't jump out of bed. Anyone who follows you on social media will know that sometimes you wake up in a funk and then just have to get out and have a run and you're like okay now I feel better so I think it's important to say you are real normal people (laughs) but you did have an incredible 2021 expanding your online offering with soul space Jerry's book went to number one um, and you went to Portugal and everybody or lots of people said you're crazy it's a pandemic you have a baby what are you doing but you guys seem to kind of set your sights on something or have an idea, have a think about it. And if it feels right in your heart, you go for it. With what you've understood and learned this year, do you recommend that if people have something niggling in their mind that they'd like to do in the year ahead, that they just go for it? Yeah, Claire. um, Well, thank you for that that lovely note and that lovely message. Um, Yeah, I absolutely believe it. I think that life is for living, you know, and I really, really firmly believe that if there's something, if I I believe in God, I know not everybody does, but universe source, whatever it might be, if God or universe or whatever it is, has placed something in your heart, I believe it's been placed there for a reason. And it's been placed in your heart so that you can make manifest it and, and bring it to fruition in your life. We are all different. We all have beautiful, different dreams and aspirations and goals. Uh, but if you have something that's niggling in your heart or it's kind of pulling at your strings or there's something in your gut that's saying, my God, wow, wouldn't I love to, I'd love to do that. I would say, give yourself every opportunity to go after your dreams and follow the heart and listen to those whispers of the soul. Because you, you absolutely, every single person deserves to be healthy, deserves to be happy. And I really believe it's sometimes we ourselves block ourselves from feeling happiness and joy because maybe we don't give ourselves the permission or maybe we don't feel like we are deserving. And I know that's a core script that I often have to overcome. You know, my default can go back to, oh God, I'm not enough or this isn't, maybe I don't deserve this and kind of dim the light down a bit. But I really believe that dimming our light doesn't serve anybody. So the more that we can shine our light by listening to our heart, following what's in our soul, it gives permission to others to also do the same. And I think the more people who are shining their light, who are being of service to the world, who are honoring their gifts and giving them back and and making them, you know, widespread and allowing people to see themselves happy. It just, I think, gives license to other people to do the same. And it's like a ripple effect. Well, Miriam, thank you so much. Such positive words. And may you shine on in 2021. I know you also have a show upcoming in the National Concert Hall. What date is that again? Uh, The 27th of February. It's a Sunday, Sunday, the 27th of February. So, yeah, we're very excited. It will um, 
be your first event back since since COVID. Um, so it'll be your first one in two years. So well, hopefully um, with everything that's going on, it'll still go ahead. But yeah, we, as of now, um, we're very, very excited and we're planning towards creating a very, very special day of um, of inspiration, of connection, of song, of dance, of music, of meditation, of uh, lots of powerful things. And I think it will be a really, really special day. Brilliant. Well, to you, to Jerry, to Elijah, Miriam Hussey, Happy New Year. And thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Claire. Thanks for having me. So that's it for Alive and Kicking for this week. My thanks as ever to my producer, John Fardy, to Garrett Mulhall and to Jojo Cordoza, who was on sound. And thanks as ever to you for listening. I will see you next week.